The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the daily football briefing from The Athletic. It's Friday, the 11th of August. I'm Michael Bailey, and today we're asking. What happens now as Harry Kane says yes to Bayern Munich? Thursday night, it became clear that Harry Kane had now agreed to join Bayern Munich. Pleasantly surprised that Bayern have pulled this off. I think it reflects very well on German football as well. He is their leader, their talisman, their goal scorer. And how will Real Madrid deal with their major injury blow? Loads of names have come out when something like this happens. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Let's start with the end of a saga and a huge piece of summer transfer business. It was Thursday morning that German champions Bayern Munich finally had a bid worth more than 100 million euros accepted by Tottenham Hotspur for their record goalscorer and England captain Harry Kane. That story was broken exclusively by our transfer guru, David Ornstein. Come Thursday night, the news was that Kane had made his decision and agreed to join Bayern Munich just days before the start of the new Premier League season. David Ornstein joins us now. David, it was a dramatic day. What's the latest? Well, let's get going from the beginning. At around 10.30 UK time on Thursday, the day we're just about recording this and the day before you'll be listening to it. We broke the news exclusively on The Athletic that Bayern Munich had reached an agreement with Tottenham, according to our sources in Germany, to sign Harry Kane. The fee that Bayern Munich had accepted by Tottenham for Kane was in excess of 100 million euros. But there was one outstanding issue, and that was whether Kane would agree to make the move. He had a massive decision to make because in recent days, it became clear that he was actually leaning towards staying with Tottenham. And it created a number of hours of uncertainty, of speculation, of reports, counter-reports, rumour, gossip, and everything else in between. But eventually, late on Thursday night UK time, it became clear that Harry Kane had now agreed to join Bayern Munich and that personal terms were in place on a four-year contract, which we revealed on The Athletic too, and that all that was left was for Tottenham to give Kane the green light to travel to Germany, undergo his medical and complete one of the transfers of this window or any window. So David, what happens from here? Now is all about trying to close this transaction out. So the Tottenham board will need to provide final approval for Harry Kane to set foot on a private jet that will be ready to take him from the UK over to Germany, where he would be greeted by Bayern Munich officials, whisked away to undergo his medical checks, and then put the finishing touches to that four-year contract, which at the age of 30 will take him from the summer of 2023 to June 2027, 
We should know more in the coming days about all the details of this deal club to club and club to player and also what the future may hold. There have been all sorts of suggestions around buyback clauses, potential future returns to the Premier League or elsewhere. None of that is clear right now. They'll just want to get over this sort of final hurdle and make sure that this protracted saga is brought to an end in hopefully for all parties amicable fashion. There have been talks, negotiations, bids, rejections, false dawns, but now the end really is in sight and Harry Kane, Tottenham and Bayern Munich will all be preparing to sign off this deal. So what about the view from Germany? Well, Raphael Honigstein is the Athletics Bundesliga expert. Rafa, a remarkable day for Bayern. Just how big is this transfer for the club? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Uh, they needed a number nine. They were in the market for Harry Kane last year, but didn't really get anywhere. It was seen as hugely ambitious to come back for him. But they have actually pulled it off. Uh, I don't want to say despite all the odds, because... They obviously have the money and Kane was perhaps more meanable than some of the reports in the UK suggested. But it's still a sizable achievement to get the Premier League's potential best of a goal scorer, certainly England's uh, top goal scorer, out of the Premier League at uh, at a time when the Premier League is clearly the most dominant league in in the world and get him into the Bundesliga. Yeah, I'm... Pleasantly surprised that Bayern have pulled this off. I think it reflects very well on German football as well. I was going to say, it, it does feel like a, a real coup for German football, but I hope that's not patronising. I mean, is it fair to say that a move like this is more about Bayern's Champions League ambitions than defending their Bundesliga title? I think that is probably fair. They they suffered last year without a centre-forward and they very nearly did not win the league. So I think that would have focused their minds on the importance of signing uh, a number nine. It wasn't just a case of uh, arresting Kane for the Champions League uh, knockout stages. They will need him, of course, domestically as well. But I'm sure both for them and for Kane, the main story is going to be the Champions League. And I think there's an anticipation that with Kane being there, Bayern go from being maybe in the mix among the top eight teams in the in the Champions League to a more serious contender the way they were in the Pipe Guardiola years and of course before. And that I think is is obviously the real story. Bayern want to target not just domestic trophies, but really give it a go in Europe with Tuchel in his first full season. And they've given themselves a much better chance now. That's the excited view from Germany, but obviously there is another club that is going to have to adjust to this news. Let's bring the voice that can't get enough of the daily football briefing, Mr Tim Spears, whose many hats at The Athletic include covering Tottenham. Tim, I'm sure it's hard to downplay the whole Harry Kane leaves at Tottenham, but would you like to have a go? I'm not sure the impact can be underestimated, certainly from a, from a fan base point of view. I mean, people will, will know... He's the club's record goal scorer. He's arguably 
their greatest ever player. That you know, there the will be Spurs fans in in tears right now. The the, the will. Um, he is their leader, their talisman, their goal scorer, their creator in chief on the field as well. Their link man, their first defender. He's he's everything. He is Spurs. He's the heartbeat. I think he's meant more than the club to people in the past sort of two three years when they haven't had much else to cling on to. You know, last season was the most miserable and sort of soulless season that Spurs have endured in many, many years. And yet Harry Kane still scored 30 goals in an awful team. You know, that's how good he is. And he just means everything to the people of Spurs. Which does all leave the big question. Where do Spurs go from here? Yeah, I mean, you know, they've made smart additions this summer. They've brought in James Madison and and, uh, Mickey van der Ven, two players who are really going to improve their 11, I believe. And they brought a new goalkeeper, Vicario. But yeah, as we've as we've discussed, how do you replace those goals? I mean, they do have Brazil's number nine as their as their backup striker, which is a pretty good place to start. Richarlison has never got anywhere near Kane's levels of of prolific goal scoring, but um, uh, there's definitely a school of thought that he suits Postecoglou's style of football and style of play pretty well. So uh, an issue Spurs will have now, as West Ham have had in recent weeks, you know, when you, when you, when you sell your best player for around 100 million pounds, everyone knows your budget. And they've got three weeks of the window, um, which will be a desperate scramble. The worst time to buy players to replace not only Kane, but, pre- but you know, possibly strengthen in other areas. Spurs fans with long memories will remember that when they sold Gareth Bale, they bought quite a few duds and wasted that money. So um, there will be hope, or they will hope, that Spurs have had all summer to plan for this and the possibility that this could happen and that there'll be plans in place to um, bring players in. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Hello, I'm producer Mike Zimmerman. We were originally going to discuss the battle for the signature of Brighton midfielder Moises Caicedo in this section of the show. But then, in the small hours of Friday morning, David Ornstein broke another major story. As we know, Chelsea have long-held ambitions to sign Caicedo this summer. They had made a number of bids, all below Brighton's asking price, and all rejected. Meanwhile, Liverpool have held long ambitions to sign Southampton midfielder Romeo Lavia. They, too, had made a number of bids, all rejected. So what happened next? Yes, Liverpool began to pursue Caicedo and Chelsea bid for Lavia. Brighton then held an auction for Caicedo with a midnight cutoff point, and Liverpool won with a British record bid of £110 million. Personal terms are yet to be agreed between Caicedo and Liverpool, but are expected to be a formality with a medical plan for later today. Chelsea had been considered frontrunners for the Ecuadorian international, but their £100 million bid was unsuccessful. They are likely to focus their attention now on Lavia and the Leeds United midfielder Tyler Adams. Next stop, Spain, where Real Madrid suffered a serious blow to their hopes of success in La Liga and Europe before the season has even begun. Their influential goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois suffered a knee injury in training on Thursday and could miss the entire season. Dermot Corrigan is our Spanish football expert. Dermot, what do we know about Thibaut Courtois' knee injury? We know that everything was fine this morning. Then Madrid were training as usual, just getting ready for the start of La Liga at the weekend where they go to Bilbao. And Courtois had suffered a really serious knee injury. Anterior cruciate is torn, I'm pretty sure. Uh, left the training ground in tears, I'm told, and is looking at missing most of the season. Maybe he might be back for April time. But um, yeah, Madrid have lost their 
goalkeeper and they're probably their most important player right on the eve of the season, which is not good for them. It shows how fragile things can be, doesn't it? Uh, that does leave the big question, of course. Um, what do Real do from here? Yeah, they don't really have a backup. Well, they have young Ukrainian Lunin, who has been the backup for the last three years, hasn't come through as hoped. Um, he played a few games last season when Courtois had a, had a kind of back niggle. Didn't look up to it, really. Could end up being a talented keeper, but has kind of gone sideways just by sitting on the bench all the time at Madrid. So they're looking around and scrambling around to see what they can do. Um, loads of names have come out when something like this happens. You know, everybody starts to to, to speculate and it, it's great fun and to see what might happen. But it, so far, Madrid are still trying to work out what to do. It seems like the most likely would be to go for somebody, a kind of short-term option that might be available. Names like David De Gea, who's out of contract from Madrid, previous Madrid target, Kepa, who's on the bench at Chelsea, another previous Madrid target, and Kaylor Navas, who's on the bench at Paris Saint-Germain and obviously was, you know, won three Champions Leagues at Madrid so all those names have been thrown out but Madrid are still just trying to trying to work out what, what they're going to do from here If you are listening early enough on Friday then you will get to catch the return of the Women's World Cup to your TV screens The quarterfinal between Japan and Sweden kicks off at 8.30am in the UK and the less civilised time of 3.30am Eastern in the US That is live on BBC Sport and Fox it is also kickoff in some of the big European men's leagues. The Premier League is back with EFL champions Burnley hosting treble winners Manchester City. That's at 8pm on Sky Sports in the UK or 3pm Eastern Time on USA Network. La Liga begins with Almeria versus Rayo Vallecano at 6.30pm BST and 1.30pm Eastern before Sevilla host Valencia at 9pm in the UK and 4pm Eastern. Both games are on Viaplay in the UK and ESPN Plus in the US. You can catch the Ligue 1 opener between Nice and Lille at 8pm UK or 3pm Eastern Time on TNT Sports in the UK and BN Sports in the US. And if you're still keen on getting your Lionel Messi fix, then catch Inter Miami against Charlotte in the League's Cup. That kicks off at 8.30pm Eastern on MLS Season Pass via Apple TV Plus. That's all for today and this week. A big thank you for joining us. I've been Michael Bailey. This show was produced by Mike Zimmerman and your executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you are a first-time listener, then it is great to have you on board. Make sure you subscribe and we would love for you to drop a review. And if you've been with us before, we hope you're enjoying the ride and will help us spread the word. The lovely Tim Spears will be back with you on Monday morning with all the football news you need to know. Enjoy the weekend action and we'll see you next week. The Athletic.